of the X-Men brings us in. Welcome to the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat uh, presented by Brothers Comics. It's the Thursday Night Chat recorded on Friday night tonight. Uh, just a little insight into uh, podcasting futures here. Uh, on the line tonight is my two favorite mutants. Uh, mutant number one It is the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Konnichiwa, fellow mutants. Happy, happy uh, weekend, Friday night, whatever. Yeah, yeah Friday night, yeah. Uh, as the stories continue of our even older lives that we don't have shit to do on Friday nights. Uh, it, is, it is my best friend. You need to Number two, it's, uh, it's Brother Beavis. Hey, yo. Yes. Uh, a, many a, night was, <laughs> a many a Friday night was spent reading comic books, uh, but that's a completely different podcast. All right. Um, yes. Uh, so on the Thursday night comic book chat, we go over uh, classic X-Men stories and kind of tie them to some current continuity and like movies and stuff. Uh, the last time that we recorded, we did what storyline? It's been a while. I can't even remember. What did we trial finish up? The Trial of Magneto. Right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And what, and what we had talked about on that podcast was that, like, as we were doing these initially, that we kept getting caught, like, in, in these stories that were tying things together. So now we've been starting to skip around. So we did the Trial of Magneto, which was a double-sized issue, issue 200 for Uncanny X-Men. Now we're going to jump almost a full calendar year all the way up to issue number 210, which is the start of the mutant massacre. Uh, Brother Beavis is going to give us a very brief recap on what we missed because, um, to be honest with you, there was some bullshit in there. <laughs> yeah. The, um, I think the, the one thing that happened is we, I think we've, we've reached, reached the end of the Rachel Summers story. And so she, uh, she was still trying to get revenge on Celine for their run-in like 10 or 12 issues ago, and she got to the point where she was willing to kill Celine. So Wolverine gave her the old snick, and then she just yeah. sort of got ridden out of the story. Uh, yeah, they banished her. They just banished her. And then the other thing was they had been teasing this Nimrod story in the background, and there's a, a couple-issue story about that where Nimrod finally encounters the X-Men and the Hellfire Club. We have the, I think the death of, of Harry Leland happens in this mm-hmm. band, uh, mm-hmm. which is actually a pretty cool scene where I believe, yeah. does he, is a Colossus that he, Colossus gets thrown into the atmosphere by Nimrod and Shaw. Leland, Shaw. or Shaw, okay, and then Leland manipulates his uh, density to bring him back and basically incinerate uh, Nimrod long enough for them to get the W. But beyond that, uh, not a whole lot going on. Yeah, there, there was also a Rachel Summers going after the Beyonder, which was a crossover oh, with uh, I, Secret I Wars Two. I chose to leave that out. That is, yeah. you know, <laughs> no, I nobody was cares. Several about things that in that area, and those are, God, those are all terrible. Those yeah, terrible it's guys. like the Beyonder came in and ruined like comics for the span of several months. Not yeah, to set aside the the crossover itself, but yeah, bad. yeah. Uh, once again, kind of proving the point, you know, these books and movies are all made based on the villain. And if you have a crappy one, especially one with a, a fucking 
Miami uh, Vice yep. suit on and a Kenny G perm. Um, <laughs> maybe that's not a great idea <laughs> to make you as your villain as a credible villain. So yeah, so yeah, we jumped all the way like almost a whole calendar year worth of books. Uh, and Sam and I have some stories to tell about Chris Claremont as we just mm-hmm. kind of sat in on a panel with him at MegaCon uh, in Orlando this past weekend. So it'll kind of come up overall. But basically, uh, my man is wordy. Uh, wordy <laughs> in talk, wordy in signing signatures oh for goodness. things, just a wordy dude. Um, and yeah. it really explains a lot about the books because yes, it does. he <laughs> can't get too many thoughts out without getting a gazillion words in about it. So whatever. All right. So issue 210 is the morning after. Um, again, it's the start of the mutant massacre. We have this. What is the rainbow Morlock name? Does anybody mm-hmm. know? The hologram. Is it Tommy? Is it? I think well, it might I be didn't... Tommy. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Well, why not? <laughs> fake ass dazzler. Is um <laughs> is, is out on the west coast of the United States for some reason. Uh, as I propose, as I said, the big husband like them Morlock tunnels is long as fuck. Apparently, <laughs> trying to break out. Time. She hooked up with some Hellfire Club minion. Yeah, yeah. That's and he's getting yeah. incinerated here at the start of this book. Like she broke out. They're on the west coast and they're on the run. And then he, I think his name is Richard, is gets shot in the early parts of the book. And the book is setting up that they are actually being hunted by a group of people that stay in the shadows for the first part of the book. And, um, I mean, again, spoiler alert, the books are 30-plus years old. It is the Morlocks, and we'll, we'll talk more about them as we get, keep going here. But that's the setup for the book. There's another little side part of here that sets up another villain that's going to come up later on, um, which is, uh, what is it, Malice? No. Yep. Malice. Yeah, yeah Malice. Malice. Okay. Yeah. Malice, who okay. is trying to take over for, uh, speaking of uh, Dazzler, Dazzler, who has left any hero stuff behind. She's trying to become like a singer still, but without her mutant powers. Well, she and just got, I think she just got outed as a mutant. So she's got to like cover up her identity yeah, and her career's over. Yeah, that oh, was okay. a big, that was a graphic novel that she actually came out at, at, uh, at a show and literally the crowd turned on her. <laughs> and ever since then, her life was uh, has uh, been that's, in the that's probably a case where these books were ahead of their time. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yes, and also it likes up that feeling of uh, what if she had come out and had been the Black Dazzler that she was originally <laughs> planned oh, to be. Lord, yeah, Ooh. yeah, boo, boo, <laughs> <laughs> boo that mutant. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's the other kind of plot that's underneath it there as the book is going on because this is really kind of a filler book it's setting things up but there's a lot of stuff that's going on and a lot of character development my first one and i'm going to skip around the book a little bit and i have to look at the dates um is rogue is being is doing a pretty woman uh she's flying through the city on the lookout for rachel summers because they can't find her and mm-hmm. she winds up at, how is it, Bloomingdale's? I mean, they name-checked yeah. a real freaking place in there. Yeah. And she winds up going, yeah, through this whole pretty woman scene uh, where she's trying <laughs> on outfits. And I was like, is Richard Gere in this motherfucker somewhere? Like, I mean, what, I, I mean, you know, again, we could have asked Chris Claremont about this, but he would have given us a 45-minute answer about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we know so, that much kind of time, yeah. 
No, we didn't, and neither did he. Um, no, exactly. To be honest with you. So yeah, so Rogue is there. Um, there's a weird shot of the Twin Towers in there, which always gets me every time I see it in the yeah. books and stuff. But um, yeah. So Rogue as a character at this point, uh, Brother Beaver, she's been there since a, an X Men since in the one seventy late early one seventies. Mm-hmm. As a character development over the five years plus, she's been almost been in the book now or four years. You know where you see Rogue. So she's had, you know, her big moment, her her big where she like sort of crossed the threshold was when she saved Wolverine, right? So mm-hmm. that sort of legitimized right. her. And then she had her sort of crisis of faith because of her role in uh, Storm depowering. And so I think now she's like sort of over that villain stuff. There's actually there was a Freedom Force story just prior to yeah. this, and I don't know if there was mm-hmm. anything related to that. But I think this mm-hmm. is like the upturn now, and particularly mm-hmm. once they start. Awesome motherfuckers here in a few minutes. Uh, she remains <laughs> one of the powerhouses. Oh, and also she she also had one of the things in the Nimrod story was a really kind of classic rogue moment. She absorbed the powers of the entire team, and so she's mm-hmm. got like the tele the, the way they beat Nimrod was in one case was she had like Colossus's armor and she could teleport like Nightcrawler and she so she had she absorbed all the team while they yeah, had she went super scroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is really the uptick where she's gotten over like being a villain, and not everybody on the team hates her, and she's proven herself. So this is this is where she's on the move. But wait, there's still hate because as oh. she's trying stuff on at Bloomingdale's, uh, somebody comes up to her, and you know that out I mean, as a, I mean, you know, as a mutant. It, uh, I don't know where accepted too. in the team, uh, not of course in in, 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 <laughs> yeah, in society. Exactly. In society, yes. Yes, yeah, so I'm just saying that you know, speaking of hate, and then you know, some guy's there and he sticks up for her, and you know, it's just like a kind of a classic, you know. It's, I mean, yeah. it's really literally sitting at the counter of the segregated colored spot in the south, you know, where they're there <laughs> no getting harassed, <laughs> and then somebody comes up to you know to say you know like kind of make the save of the day. Um, well, this also turn ties into the to X Factor, which was playing yeah. off of this. Right, right. Now, yeah, and let's make go ahead. Since you brought that up, and Sandman, you had said this before too. Like X Factor mm-hmm. has now started, which also means Jean Grey is back, which happened in mm-hmm. Fantastic Four, which was being written by probably John Byrne, Byrne at that it, at that it was time. Being drawn by John Byrne, I don't know if he wrote it or not. I'd have to check. But okay, definitely. Yeah, he definitely drew it. Yeah. So they put the original X Men team back together. Uh, literally, like the entire team is back together, and they're forming X Factor. And what was X Factor's original purpose, Sammy? X Factor was made on the, uh, the purpose of finding and helping mutants uh, continue to uh, pursue Charles Xavier's original dream, but under the premise that they were mutant hunters, bounty hunters, I guess, uh, and capturing uh, evil or troubled mutants off the street to protect humanity under the guise. And it was kind of crazy, but it was an interesting, at the time it was an interesting um, premise, I thought. Uh, it seemed like they ended up doing more harm than good, though, because it just kind of fed into the anti-mutant hysteria that, you know, the Marvel Universe, at least in New York, was uh, suffering at the time. So, uh, And then it just kind of imploded on them, and then they just came out as regular mutant heroes eventually. And... Um, at and this point, they really had crazy. this sort of dual identity thing going where X-Factor was, they were the mutant hunters. And then, right. um, and and that was really like, it was usually like primarily Scott and Gene and Bobby because they could pass for human. 
And then they had their exterminator identity, which was their they had their colored uniforms with the big X, yeah. and that was where basically they were their X Men outfits. Yeah, that Marvel yeah. girl even has her hood that she used to wear as the original X Men, which was ugly as hell. I don't even know why they ever even did that, but um, they changed it up later on. But yeah, they they tried to parallel their beginnings with the somewhat with the original X Men again. And that was the Cameron Hodge influence was his, he was the PR man behind right. Warren Worthington. That was his scheme. And then he turned out, spoiler alert, to be yeah. extremely anti-mutant. Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it'll probably come up here uh, in, maybe in a different episode. Um, one of the, one of the other things about um, X Factor 2 is one of the reasons that it does get formed, as recall, Charles is still with his uh, Shi'ar boo out in outer space and Magneto is leading up as the teacher of the school now, primarily of the new mutants and of the people that couldn't accept that for sure were the original students. You know, they just had the hardest time accepting Magneto as the headmaster at the Institute. So one part of the other reasons why they wound up forming X factor was to one, get them into a book and then to kind of play off that idea that Magneto could still be, um, the villain. Maybe um, is going to come up with for me later on. I have a big note about that. Uh, okay. So, yeah. There's another little side story about Magneto himself uh, getting towards the Hellfire Club, uh, getting an invitation from Sebastian Shaw um, to join them because of the coming war and whatnot. Um, uh, Brother Beavis, Magneto as the hero. They, well, I'm going to bring up what I was saying before. They sidelined Magneto for this thing. Like, Magneto is, like, one of the most powerful mutants on the freaking planet, and they're about uh-huh. to go into battle, and they're like, nah, babysit the new mutants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he, uh, you know, a lot of his story plays out in the new mutants. I mean, he's he really only kind of steps in and out of the X-Men story. And, you know, this is a classic case of a lot of times when you put the cuffs on these on these superheroes or supervillains, they're not as strong. Remember, like, Rogue could beat the entire X-Men. As soon as she turned right. good, she gets punked, like, in the first panel of most fights. And the same thing yeah. here. Like, all of a sudden, Magneto has all these flaws and weaknesses, whereas before, you could barely touch him. So, you know, part of it is ideology. Part of it is storytelling. Right. And a part of that continued ideology is that the mutants are hated, and we just saw Rogue get harassed in Bloomingdale's. She should call Jesse. Um, and then uh, Nightcrawler, who is still injured from his battle with Nimrod. Um, and y'all explain, I don't know if we were recording then or not. Would you explain how he got hurt again fighting Nimrod, because he fights I, on typical. He rolled a red on his, uh, on his typical fighting <laughs> and he uh, ripped off, he ripped off Nimrod's arm and did Teleport, some damage, yeah. but it grew back. And then he was like, Oh, let me try that again. And Nimrod was like, apparently you don't know that Sentinels learn. And I can't remember exactly what he did, but I think foot and ass plus pen attempt pretty much got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It don't take no stir night anyway. No, he's, Awful, and he's not gonna shine here in the next few issues of what we're talking about here. But basically, um, he's someplace he's trying to hide. He gets discovered by a mob, and they call him out. He can't teleport, and he's still injured and whatnot. I, I don't know what the backstory is as to why he decided that this would be a good place for him to go, as opposed to staying up in a nice mansion, you know, in Westchester. But 
he does, it doesn't work out for him at all, obviously. And he's because he can't fight back and he's too weak, he's going to wind up needing to get, like, a, you know, a hot tag save. And it's from Kitty, Peter, and is Ilyana there too? Yeah, Ilyana is there yeah. too. And they, they yeah. make the save on him, but not without having a – again, we just saw a dude a week ago, a Chris Claremont expose on, like, relations between people and how this goes. And this is a solid, and I mean solid, 500 words of dialogue between these panels? Solid? Oh, God. Would you say? Oh, at least? Oh, yeah, um, at the very least. You know, essentially trying to get his point across and essentially trying to get, you know, this idea of having this philosophical debate on, you know, if this is, you know, about mutants and whatnot. And, and, and again, you know, again, I read it now and I'm like, yeah, okay, I like, I, I understand what they were trying to do at the time or whatever. But I, I bring it back to where we are now with X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold. Now, again, you could parallel this to real life or whatever. Well, we ain't really that far from, like, racism now than we was then either. I agree. Mm-hmm. But with, in a world of freaking Avengers and Inhumans and whatnot, how the hell are niggas, I mean, mutants, still hating? Like, it just don't yeah. make no sense. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It just doesn't. Like, they should have moved past the storyline. Go ahead, Sammy. Um. As addressing like the uh, the racism against mutants, yeah, we we kind of touched on this before a little bit. It doesn't make sense. Mutants, I mean, are squarely just um, uh, singled out in this universe, and it just doesn't make any sense. Because I mean, none of the other heroes really ever suffer that. I mean, they they they've tried to claim that is like, oh, it's it's spreading, you know, at a slower rate, but all superpowered things are going to eventually be hated. Or no, that's not true. Yeah, it's not true yeah. at all. And, and take that on that fact where the freaking Terrigen myth gets released and right. people and the Inhumans, is like accepting yeah. it. Like, yeah, you I can't wait to be Inhumans. Yeah, hit me with that myth. Yeah, hit me with that myth, Yeah, exactly. Oh, classic Chappelle joke. Yeah, so I mean, it just doesn't make any sense for for now. I I wish they would just move past it. Um, our final panel ends with back to the beginning, where uh, whatever this uh, freaking colored uh, rainbow uh, Morlock is. What did you say her name was? I, I believe it's colored. Tommy. I don't know if you're supposed Tommy. to call him colored anymore. I do. Hey, I think I'm allowed. <laughs> um, all right. So, Fair enough. <laughs> so she has made it all the way from California. Uh, to new back to New York, which is that's what's going to come here later on. on. On a train, yeah, on a tra- yeah, on a train, and that, it just mm-hmm. says later. Um, <laughs> that would be a lot later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think they have a bullet train from from California to New York. I mean, maybe they could, maybe they do. Dana, and uh, so. She makes it back to to New York. She makes it back to the Morlock <laughs> wait, Tunnels. Wait, 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 wait. Let's not before we before we move on to this. Her power is to become flat. I just want yeah. to throw this out. <laughs> she, she can become flat and move through cracks. That's her power. Yeah, flat Stanley. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. read this and you're like, the Marauders might have been onto something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know you've crossed over when you're like, man, you know what? Sinister was on some shit, but he wasn't on. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so she does lead the, and but she leads them in a Scooby Doo like fashion. All the, the Marauders, all the way back to the tunnels. Uh, she catches a bullet. I don't know how you kill a rainbow, but um, they, a, a flat rainbow, no less. But they do. Boom, and she's dead. And then we're out of issue two eleven and on to two twelve. Or two two ten and on two to two eleven, which is yeah. nicknamed massacre. Um, now we can side angle as my app is loading here. We can t- now this story is a classic X Men story, but not only is it a classic X Men story from whenever it was written, it winds up getting brought back. Fucking uh, what at three fifty or no? No, not three fifty. Uh, th- uh, maybe in the late two. Whenever Sabretooth winds up back in the mansion, uh, oh. after Wolverine, uh, is that after Wolverine put the things through his head, uh, through the claws through his head before uh, Age of oh, Apocalypse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, he winds up back at the mansion and he's trying to get his memories back while he's working with um. Uh, Jean like Grey and Psylocke uh, oh, and Xavier. Right. And he's telling right. this story of now that Gambit's on the team about how he knows Gambit and he and Gambit, you know, from a, something that happened in Louisiana, but also Gambit has this other secret that is hanging out there. And, you know, again, later on we know that Gambit is the person that helped recruited. Sinister. Yeah. yeah, recruited the Marauders, yeah. and then the Marauders did that. And it becomes this long story about Gambit's mysterious past and future. And, and then tied almost, it into Age of Apocalypse as well, because yeah. the retcon justification for the story was that a lot of the Morlocks were created from experimentation by the Dark Beast, and Sinister didn't want whatever he was doing to be exposed when they were discovered, so he he recruited the Marauders to wipe them out. Right. Yeah. Okay. It, I mean, they tied it all together. It was also tied to Gambit's mysterious mysterious past mm-hmm. and whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, it also then it plays itself out in 350, which wasn't that, where he was the allegedly the traitor, but, you know, it wasn't him. It was the onslaught story. And, ugh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we get to that. Um, mm. Actually, I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to, uh, I might get some hate, freaking hate, whatever here. The onslaught story, I didn't hate it as much as probably most people did. Until they tried to like do that maneuvery thing with oh no, it was Magneto's evil essence crawled into the mm. Xavier's heart or whatever. I was like, yeah. oh. which was insane. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, what a because comics. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right. So episode two eleven again is massacre. Now Big Hotch, who may or may not join us here, let me look in the chat. He's not in there right now. Um, he was texting us earlier but saying that he thinks that the marauders suck like they're a terrible group of villains <laughs> and that uh he said uh, yeah he 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 wasn't a fan of the marauders um a fan man are you were you a fan not a fan i guess but is the design looking at it 30 years later do they look like they suck because to me i thought i thought they looked pretty gruesome and brutal even now some of them have a unique look i mean um What's um scalp hunter who has a I don't know what the hell this outfit is he's wearing. It looks like it's like a a sheath or, or, or a dance skin made out of guns or something. And he's got right. some swashbuckling boots at the bottom. I don't <laughs> know what the hell I don't know what the fuck they were thinking about making putting that together. Uh, 
<laughs> and, and, a Jerry Lawler, yeah. and a Jerry Lawler one over the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a popular look if you're not if you keep yeah. looking at them. Art everybody has that as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're all gonna yeah. yeah. They're all gonna drop the strap. Um, yeah. They they look like a bunch of damn freaks. <laughs> you know, honestly, I mean, uh, what's his name? What's her name? Vertigo with the damn yeah. yep. spiral outfit. Ugh, I mean, forgettable to. I don't know, this Eskimo-looking dude, the short dude, that's Harpoon. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Arclight? Is the yeah, Arclight is yeah, well. Scrambler. Yeah, yeah. Scrambler. Retide. Yeah. Retide, yeah. Some of the names, yeah, too, I mean, are kind of funny. Yeah. And, and there could be a whole podcast about um, the people that Sinister surrounded himself with to protect <laughs> him or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, boys were no, they were not yeah. great either. Yeah, no. Yeah. And rockets and all. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I mean, outside the fact that they're just murdering. How murder you know them. my name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep away from my friends. All right, that's it. I'm good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a classic. It's a great episode, too. We're fucking shit on it. That, that, like, that whole series, that whole season was great. Yeah. The, the, the way they carried that thread throughout the whole second season. It was yeah. great. That's a great. Yeah, I agree. Right. I'm not going to shit on it. All right, so, yeah, so the Marauders are there, um, and then they come in. And my first note on here, as they're going, they're now in the tunnels, uh, my first note on here was, so what? Because all they do is just kill a whole bunch of nameless and faceless. Nameless. Warlocks. I mean, exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, there's no, and I'm going to run Kitty here in a minute, there's no sentimental value here other than the fact that they're just killing, like, people. <laughs> or mutants or whatever. So it's like, oh, damn, that was, um, you know, Artie. Or, oh, that was that dude that was in that one. Boom, nothing. They're just killing all these nameless and faceless mutants, and mm-hmm. they're running through them like it's supposed to be this big deal. Now, I remember reading this as a kid, actually not wanting to read it because it's, it bothered me so much. But now, yeah. I mean, I'm older. But, too, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But, like, I didn't like it then because I, I was at that point in time, I didn't cheer for the villain. I always I hated when the good guys lost. Hence my love of the Rock and Roll Express, and um, <laughs> yeah, the guy said it. So, um, oh, so man. this is why it just bothered me. I wouldn't even like. I sometimes I'd read these books. I'm like, oh, that sucks, man. You know, somebody get the hot tag, Ricky. And um, it, it's just bad. And so they just run through and they just kill like everybody. And you know, and this is not was, Sunder, right? In the first sequence here, this is not Sunder, right? Right, the no, big, that's not the some other nameless no. big No, that's no. He's fame, nameless, faceless mutant who gets killed. Yeah. I mean, they just mow him down. One dude can throw in, you know, shooting stars or what, what is it, whirlwind? Yeah, yeah, riptide. 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 Yeah, like, I, don't, no. I don't know how he keeps his body still in his body. Uh, I mean, his head still in his body spins yeah. like a tornado, but I don't, whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, it is a massacre. They just start killing him. There's the harpoon dude, the big hutch that was terrible, and he might not be wrong. Um, <laughs> he ain't great. Yeah. No, he's not. And then so they just run through the tunnels and kill a whole bunch of uh, Morlocks. And at the time, like mm-hmm. brother, we was, did we know how many Morlocks there were because they kill a lot of them. A yeah, I mean they had a lot of pretty big group shots. Like if you think back to when Storm challenged Callisto, there was a lot of people around. So yeah, there's Morlocks to spare. It seems like hundreds, literally. <laughs> Apparently, before, before you before you stop running the Morlock, uh, don't forget the dude that like summons the crocodiles and the bats. 
Piper. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Pied Piper about the alligator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it this is like, make... this is uh, when when the tunnels are put together, there's a rounding error, and each of these mm. rounding errors accumulates over time until mm. the matrix is forced to reset. That's what has, that's yeah. what's going yeah. on right now. Yeah, it's, it's an architect. <laughs> they've they've had to reset the Claremont universe because we had too many rounding errors that ended up yeah. with more locks in the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Um, it's bad. Uh, so yeah, so there's that, and then it shifts out to Westchester. And here's my first thing where I'm about to run this thing. Okay, the X-Men are about to head to the tunnels. That's fine. The tunnels are connected between where the Morlocks are in Manhattan to the, to the, uh, to the mansion in Westchester, West which Chester. they keep repeating is 40 miles. Let me tell you something, nigga. Um, <laughs> go ahead. 40 miles is long as fuck. And y'all, forty miles. Fuck <laughs> y'all, the Hebrews, nigga. Were you walking around for forty days? It would take you forever to walk forty miles in a damn tunnel with carrying beat up Morlocks. Uh, I mean, what? I'm like, they keep repeating it like, oh, that's just forty miles. No, I'm like, is it four? No, they, it's forty miles, man. Are you kidding? It's forty miles. I got to carry under underground. Years. I, yeah. I got to carry a freaking almost dead Morlock on my back through some freaking water and rats and freaking the Pied Piper alligators for 40 miles, man. Oh, yeah. Man. Hell, one mile is a long way. Yeah, you got to make it yeah. drop some mana from the sky. Iliana <laughs> teleports them there. Not all of them? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, she, she takes does. The in- some of the injured, yes, but she leaves the she rest takes of them, them there. in the tunnel. Yeah, she takes them there at least. So they have to walk forty miles to get there. They might have to walk no, back. Just back. Mm-hmm. Right, here's a side topic story. This reminds me of that time uh, where, and I think, and it might have been forty cents. I gotta go play the numbers. Um, that I had to go. I wanted to get this pro wrestling illustrated magazine, and I walked from my house. <laughs> I walked from my house to downtown to go to Wilkie's to go get the magazine. Now, again, this is radio. Y'all don't know anything about Ohio. Um, it was fucking far, <laughs> basically. You, you walked from your house downtown to Wilkie's? To Wilkie's. Dude. Wilkie's, yeah. yeah. That, it wasn't 40 miles, and it was too long. It was, I bet it felt so, like it. <laughs> it felt like it, yeah. In the middle of the summer, because I didn't have I, money for a transfer. I oh, oh, that, that, so that was the story. Transfers didn't cost anything. You had bus fare, but then you didn't get a transfer. And transfers didn't cost anything. I wouldn't have been able to get back. Uh, I wouldn't have <laughs> been able to get back. Now, I, so yeah, Liliana could back. teleport you there, but then you had to walk back. You had to walk story. back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was it. Wow. wow. Yes, it was all for a I, I had to cut one down of those there. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's a sad, Ooh. sad story. The only people Ohio walking down. Walking down Thursday. Yeah. Mm, All right. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. it was fun. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So there's that. The book shifts out to Westchester. Now Logan is also on the inactive list. And the last of the, in the end of the last issue, him and Storm have this kind of heart to heart, and they're bonding over there, essentially being the oldest people on the team and the the leader, and essentially the co-leader of the team, and where the what the direction of the team is. Logan has been sidelined, and he's struggling a little bit too. Again, I'm not sure what the story background is as to why he's he's not healing as fast. He's moving all slow. 
and I don't I don't know if this is a, a late uh something from Nimrod as well. Um but he's not doing so well and he's also been put to the side, you know, as a pre old man Logan Logan. Um and uh people are trying to help him out with that. And then the book shifts again to something with Kitty and her studying for exams. That's an old another question I had too in my note here. Who are the teachers at this damn school that you take mm-hmm. exams for? Like Xavier like, was the only one that I do. I mean, yeah, he was the only one teaching classes. Mm-hmm. So they was on some freaking University of Phoenix stuff. She was taking stuff online. <laughs> Professor freaking mm-hmm. Star Jammer or something because it just wasn't working out. Uh, but yeah, and so Nightcrawler makes his reappearance. He is uh, he can teleport again. Before he didn't have his powers, but he might have overdone it. And then this is where the call comes in from, a, again, an unnamed, um, whatever, uh, Morlock that comes burrowing through like the mole man. <laughs> and is like, you know, oh, everything's going on. And, uh, yeah. But the, another mutant appears out of here of a story that whatever. And now Betsy Braddock, or Psylocke, is actually with the team now. Does anybody remember how she wound up getting on here? She came in an annual. That's all I can tell you. I can't remember which one either. Yeah, but that is they, true. Yeah. They introduced her in an annual to try and get you to go buy that bullshit. Yeah, yeah this is before. This is before she she was still white back then. Before she got all Chinese up or whatever nationality yeah. Asian that was. Yeah, I think she's from Hong yeah. Kong or something like that. And then also she was covered in her clothing, and she's fully clothed, which sucked. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that didn't help. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And so she's the resident telepath on the team now that Rachel has gone crazy and Xavier's getting Shi'ar Bubu. So, um, yeah, so they're there. She reads the Morlock's mind and talks about what had happened. Storm makes a decision to, like, you know what, let's go to these tunnels and figure out what's going on. This is going to come up again later on something that I posted to Facebook and Twitter. Um, but, yeah. She's so like, man, this leadership of the Morlocks is some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Can't y'all get y'all shit together? Y'all be getting killed and stuff. Dang. Um, but yeah, so they make a decision and again they sideline Magneto. Like, yeah, no. Like you stay here with too, the mutant, the new mutant. Too okay. Too yep, you just you know what, just stay here. And the funny thing is he's like, Okay. That he doesn't even bother going. Um, so yeah, so they go down to the tunnels. Ileana, thank you. Teleports them there, forty miles. Which Ileana could have transported me to Wilkie's, and um, <laughs> they get down there immediately. And I, I'm running, Kitty here, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, this is so terrible. My cousin worked at a slaughterhouse, and these were some of my friends. Bitch, you ain't been back in them tunnels since you left freaking uh, Caliban over there. Caliban, shut up. He's he's still waiting for her. <laughs> yeah, shut up. And he ain't dead, of course not, yeah. because they want to use it. You know what I mean? Like, they just mm-hmm. killed all these na- fam- nameless and faceless. I was like, man, whatever, kitty. Um, so as soon as they get there, the Morlocks attack with Vertigo, and then we're getting to, like, classic comic book battle, but also classic X-Men battle under jo- or under Chris Claremont, where if you see them fighting somebody new, the X-Men are going to lose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Yeah, their ability to adapt is like Marvin Lewis's halftime adjustment. They don't exist. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, it doesn't exist at all because they, they get wiped pretty wiped. bad here. Yeah. yeah uh, they're not prepared for any of this. Uh, shooting stars, whirlwind man, starts sending stuff out. Nightcrawler, he's like, oh, I'm good. And he starts doing this teleportation thing. 
And uh, the one thing, which was kind of funny, okay, I just got my powers back. I'm going to try the one thing that they've set up for 212 issues that when I do it, I'm like completely beat the day, all to be damned when I'm 100%. Uh, but I'm going to try it this time. Man, come on, dude. And so you he could have that just thing. punched her in the face. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could have. I mean, you, typical strength would have did something. Um, so, yeah. It doesn't work you out. You can't tell me him. Vertigo has more than like 24, 30 health, something like that. You know she's rocking straight typicals. But, but she probably has maybe body armor? No? No. No? All right. No? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Noted. So, yeah, so Nightcrawler tries his move. It it works, but he leaves himself very vulnerable. And then this comes back to Wolverine. We don't know what's wrong with Like, I can't remember what's wrong with him. Like, he's like, oh, I'm too slow. Oh, if I was, I, I should have anticipated that. Like, he's just... Like, I don't know if they, talked, if they revealed that yet. Okay. Yeah. And it must be part of the story. I don't remember either. But, um, now, was he physically yeah. changed or whatever after the Kitty Pride and Wolverine miniseries? Because no. he got uh, quite the ass whipping in that, too. Well, yeah. he didn't get as much ass whooping as he did in the Wolverine series. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. He got, he, got he, he got beat up, but he didn't take that kind of ass whooping. Okay. Well, he's something's wrong with him because he can't do anything to help um, Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler gets what I like to call uh, you. You put the lawnmower on one of your favorite toys. It just gets run over. Oh, and he gets all cut up and gets beat up real fast. And he's all laid out. And then you know, and the Marauders dip out. And everybody's upset because all these Morlocks are dead. Kurt is down. Uh, and I don't know who's going to take care of him because he's the resident doctor. In the house. That's right. And um, yeah. uh, so they have to make a decision like, all right, well, let's, we got to get the wounded and some of these people back out to, you know, back out to Westchester. So she's going to, Ileana is going to teleport them. And that's a funny thing, too. Like, Ileana doesn't go with the New Mutants, but she's in the New Mutants. And. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, she's really the only new mutant in the current continuity or whatever who anybody gives a fuck about. Mm-hmm. Would that be fair? Well, like no, yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe cannon, maybe cannonball, maybe. Yeah, maybe, but I doubt that. She was, she was she, uh, predated the new mutants because you know she was in the book like, back in the one fifties, one sixties. Yeah. So she's almost like an honorary X Men, X Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't give a shit about the new other uh, new mutants. Yeah. They want us to care about this movie that they keep announcing these castings for. Good luck. No, no, no. <laughs> and Demon Bear, uh, Brother Beavis, Chris Claremont confirmed that, too, that they're going to do the Be- Demon Bear story. Yeah, yeah. Of course they are. Because this really might be the only New Mutant story that anybody recognizes and knows. For I can't one. think of another it's, no, it's, it's also awful, too. Uh, whatever. Yeah. New Mutant stuff. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but so yeah, so they um, they do that, and then uh, Ileana takes the wounded and Nightcrawler back to Westchester. Everybody else stays in the tunnels looking for the rest of the Marauders. And again, you see some more Marauder slaughtering. Now, Brother Beavis, is that your uh, the the lady that's protecting the children? Is that the mom for Scorpions? Yeah, Scorpions. Is that her? Oh, okay. oh that is covered in scorpions. Yeah, only she has that power. But yeah, and, and she, um, I think prior to this, she tried to abduct Power Pack. Yeah, she's, and she, yeah. I don't know if she tried to be Mammy to Kitty. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's her. 
And she failed the brown bag test for that one. Covered um, in scorpions. <laughs> Covered in scorpions. Yeah. Um, so they, they go out take and Take what you want. You. <laughs> what was the you? Always making me, always taking what I don't want. Yeah. What is mine? Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a terrible, it is a, such a funny episode. Oh, God. Uh, I implore you to go you, watch that. Yeah. Mind you, listeners, <laughs> and if any of you are under the age of 30, um, Google it. <laughs> But too, like those episodes are old as hell. Um, yes, and yes. we've clearly watched them numerous thousands of times. All right, so yeah, there's yeah. another fight with ArcLight and uh, Leotard, Leotard, yeah, uh, rifle dude, um, Kitty, and yeah, and Kitty and Colossus. The in, the ending point of that is that um, near the end of it, or as a as it the battle gets conjoined or whatever, Harpoon is that his name? Yeah. Is it Harpoon? Yeah. Harpoon yeah. is going to get an offensive move um, where he tries to throw his harpoon. That sounds dirtier than it's meant to be. And um, <laughs> Kitty winds up phasing to protect Rogue, and then she winds up in a permanent phase mode, like she winds up as a ghost. Um, but that's it. Uh, I mean, the, the again, this is classic Chris Claremont where the X-Men – cannot adjust to any new villain that they haven't fought before. They get beat up, and they get beat up very, very well, and then they have to adjust uh, by the next issue where they can actually do something. Um, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. it. It's not a... It's a, it's just the classic way that it's done. And there is a thing about the the in the tunnels at the same time is X-Factor as well. And Wolverine and his heightened senses there's a smell I smell, but that can't be right. All right, next panel. You know, they don't know that Gene is back. <laughs> yeah. They don't know Gene is back. How did he not know it was Gene, of all people? Yeah. Well, it comes up in the next everybody. issue as well. Yeah, exactly. It comes up in the yeah. next issue as well about him smelling Gene. Yeah, yeah. It, it is what it is. It's, but, yeah, classic comic book battle. Um I mean, it's pretty much the whole thing there. Uh, did I miss any part there, Brother Beavis? Yeah, you missed Colossus yeah. killing Rip. Oh, yeah. his kill. I was just yeah, about to say to that. that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I'm sorry. It's I'm a huge moment. That. Yeah, Colossus kills. Yeah, it's like Superman killing. Like, he doesn't well, do it. Sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he went all Zack Snyder on. And, um, yeah, and he kills, what, he kills Riptide? Yep. So he had uh, yeah. killed Proteus before, and that put him in like thirty um, issues of feeling sorry for himself. He did yeah. feel oh, for himself God, for a while. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. They, they had just talked about his artistic ability and his gentleness and yeah. his blue pants and all that. And so now, <laughs> but he's like he's so angry about what's going on. He kills Ripley. Yeah, yeah. I can't take this shit no more. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so he kills. I did have it there. I'm sorry. It's right at the top of the battle, and it says Colossus kills. Nightcrawler overdoes mm-hmm. it. Wolverine is old and slow. Kitty can't face. <laughs> so yeah, it was in my notes there. Yes, and it's right. Um, he he does do that. The funnier part of this, and you mentioned it, Brother Beavis, is that yeah, and everybody's like, oh, you know, Peter's not made for this. Peter's not made for this. You know, they keep saying that, you know, he's made for gentler things, whatever. But Peter, yeah. if you follow the timeline or whatever, somehow makes it the days of future past. So he can't be that gentle. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no shit. Sure. He did something. I mean, he did something to survive. Maybe it's because he was so hard to kill because of his form or whatever. Uh, but it's not like he hasn't been taking quite a few ass whippings in these books, too. So, 
you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, not that much long ago, he was turned into, you know, liquid stone or yep. whatever. I mean, and fake right. him more like. It wasn't that much long ago. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he kills. Kitty can't uh, unfaze. Mm-hmm. And Storm is uh, upset. Like, she's really unhappy about this whole situation. But um, Powerless and upset, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, powerless and upset. And it's going to lead to our, our, our last issue here, which is issue 212. So apparently uh, she's over. Um, is she over her claustrophobia at this point? I guess so um, because it doesn't come up at largely. all. Largely, yeah, yeah. I guess it's only so, like really small quarters that she ever has any problems with now. Like open areas like this, she doesn't, you know, she have any mm-hmm. ill effects. And I guess. Well, I, yeah. I, I mean, it didn't come up at all in this because uh, it did come up a lot in the first time when she actually wins the battle, which was, again, I don't know how many issues ago. Um, right. So, 12, great cover. Greatest cover. Uh, one of the best covers. Now, at this point in time, Sabretooth had not made any appearances in the X-Men, and this right. relationship, and I have it all in my notes here, we get to talk about this relationship between him and Wolverine, for Sabretooth and Wolverine. Um at the time, like, I, again, I didn't read these books. I didn't like the losses or whatever. Sabretooth was, like, such a mysteriously scary character for me. And as you go through these books, he kind of stays that way. Like, I think he started off as an Iron Fist villain, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like, his first Iron appearance Fist. was an Iron Fist. And, you know, somehow he's he been in Daredevil. Him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't, yeah, you know, so at that time, this is his first time seeing him because, you know, I wouldn't read Iron Fist in 1970 or whatever. And, you know, I mean, he's like, he's he's a, at this point in time, a great classic kind of uh, villain or, or, you know, kind of yin and yang for Wolverine. What did you think about Sabretooth back then, Brother Beavis? Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is still the area where I was reading in reverse. So by the time, like when I picked it up, they were already teasing, like they were family and they were getting more into the weapon X. So, you know, a lot of the early mystique you don't get when you read in reverse. And that's sort of what I did. Um, okay. I, I actually remember him most from, he was one of the villains in uh, one of the early Marvel superheroes modules. And he wasn't oh. shit in that. So, because <laughs> Wolverine sucked in the first iteration because he couldn't do yes, the damage. He damage he body do, yeah, he had like excellent yeah. cutting damage or something like that. Something yeah, he sucked. So like fixed yeah. it. Yeah, not worse than Cyclops. He was in. I think he was in the Alpha Flight module, if I remember right. Oh, mm-hmm. that might be really. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they they introduce here, and then when we get to the part of they, where they fight each other, and I'm putting fight in quotation marks here. Um, you know, you don't really know anything about it. And then, like you're saying, like later on, they reveal all this stuff or they could be related. And then later on, Rick and Wolverine loses the adamantium and Sabretooth has it. And it's just like this tied-in story, like over time. In that stupid movie, they made them brothers. Like, you yeah. know, it was just, yeah. <laughs> it's just you know, all, all, the all place. tied together, you know. And then even on the X-Men the animated series or cartoon or whatever, you know, he, you know, you know, messed up the little Inuit camp with sent Wolverine oh, right. to go back and right. be in Wolverine. You know, right. it was just, yeah, Wolverine, you know, right. have a coward's luck. <laughs> you have a coward's luck, Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, sort of that's all. Awesome. Guys, Adam, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's all coming back now. So that's awesome. 
So yes, I mean it's just a, and it, the cover is great, and yeah, it's, the cover artist is not the inside the book artist because the inside yeah. book artist is. I think um, it is. It's Rick Leonardi. Is it? I think it is. Is it? Because we ran yeah. Rick Leonardi like pretty bad. Yeah, didn't, uh, and then, yeah, didn't we like his, yeah? <laughs> yeah, two weeks ago when he was trying to be <laughs> he was trying to be Paul Smith. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's interesting. Uh, so yeah, yeah so Storm. Yeah, Storm leaves Wolverine into the tunnels. She's like, you know, I need one witness. You can kill the rest of them, essentially. And so now he's walking through the tunnels, and he's got to walk 40 miles at some point to get back to the, <laughs> to the, um, to the mansion, by the way, um, with this witness that he's going to have to carry over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes. And, you know, he's just going through the tunnels, and pretty much everybody is dead. Like, he's there's no survivors. All he's smelling is dead people. He keeps looking for things. It's just not a good look. There's a scene where the rats are coming, and he like has to scare the rats off, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but, yeah. And then Betsy Braddock or Psylocke gets into his head and essentially says, hey, you know, get out of my memories. But, yeah, I'll keeping the Psylink open so that we can, you know, communicate all that's actually happening. Like, that's pretty much the first part of the whole book. There's a mention of Power Pack in there. I wish Hutch was on here so he could continue his hate of kitty teens, and Power Pack <laughs> is one of the worst of the bunch of them. Um, oh, yeah, poor Power do Pack. you remember anything about Power Pack, uh, Sandman? Yeah, I remember I wasn't too fond of them either. I don't hate them. I don't like hate them like Hutch does. But, yeah, like, what was the purpose of that team? I mean, what could they really do against uh, – I mean, I know they got powers and stuff. Uh, I've never read one Power Pack book, so I really don't know. But I always thought it was a little unusual having uh, a, literally a child team, you know, not not even like Teen Titans or anything. But yeah, uh, like literal children. Yeah, they were yeah like, literal children. Little like, children, I, I, and they're not orphaned or anything. They actually got real parents alive and everything. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there was a story a few issues before this where Annalie of the cover in Scorpion's fame had kidnapped at least a couple of them to replace, like her kids got killed or something. So she tried to kidnap the power pack or something like that. So that's how they get drawn into the story. And I think I actually did try and read the book. That's the crossover to this and it was inconsequential. So, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to get the rub then to yeah. have people buy more books. And again, this kind of tied it into future, whatever comics or current continuity or whatever. Um, People like, oh, Marvel, you know, they, you know, trying to get too many books, or whatever. Marvel Ben Dunn had too many damn books. Yeah, uh, Power well, Pack for sure didn't need no. This is so really, years. this is one of the first incontinuity crossovers. I mean, I guess yeah. uh, Secret Wars too, but let's I, that's better left unsaid. Um, because like even Secret Wars was out of continuity. I mean, it had impact mm-hmm. on the stories, but it happened outside of continuity. This is one of the first crossovers. And this would become sort of the de facto annual event. Like, what's the next mm-hmm. crossover? You know, mm-hmm. so we'll go follow the mutants, Inferno, Extinction Agenda, and it just goes yeah, from there, from there, again, 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 again. Yeah. You know, and, and we can and not all, and that. many of those are good. I mean, many of yeah. those were good, and, and they're and they usually had something, you know, some impact on the story. Yeah. It just it was yeah. you know a lot of times it also though pissed off the creative teams disrupted regular stories and then, you know, just kind of screwed the books in general. So, Well, and then there was, we came in and again, we'll come back to the panel for Claremont or whatever. They, when we walked in, cause we were probably 15 or 20 minutes late. And when we walked in, one brother was, you know, it's Chris Claremont. We know who he is. 
Uh, Sandman obviously knows who he is. People our age know who he is or whatever. But mm-hmm. to a current co- a current comic book reader, let's say somebody under 30, who the fuck is Chris Claremont? Yeah. Like because yeah, like because I mean, every, everything he's done has been ripped apart by, you know, stories yeah. that have come later. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. who the hell is he and why would I even care? So I'm thinking like, oh, you know, Chris Claremont, he's here. He's probably going to be in like, you know, like a bigger room. And he wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. he was in the size of like, you know, a regular size, you know, conference room or whatever. And I was just like, and there was plenty of seats available. Like, like you know, I'm not saying like, oh, well, the small conference room was full. No, it was plenty of seats available in there. If there were many, many If there were 50 people in there, I'd be surprised. And it well, was yeah. 50 people in there. Yeah. It was probably 30 I was surprised. I was, I, was, yeah. I was really surprised. But yeah, like, uh, me too. producer said, like, the people don't know who he is. It's just not yeah, the They don't know. You know, yeah, I mean, when I'm standing in line for, you know, to get his signature or whatever, and, like, the line was pretty long or whatever, but the only reason that it took so long is because he was talking to every goddamn body, you know? Yeah. And Do you well, think that's well, just because that he hasn't done anything in so long? I mean, that that's crazy to think of to think of that. Like, this, I mean, this, far, this guy's like a giant of the industry. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, none of these, yeah, none of these X-Men movies, this Scorpions and Wolverine Coward luck, None of that shit happens yeah. without Chris Claremont. None of yeah. it. Like, not yeah. a stitch or a minute of it happens without Chris Claremont. And we're sitting mm-hmm. in a room in a con that is as huge as huge could be, and there's 30 people sitting in on a panel. Oh. It, it's amazing I mean, yeah. to me. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, that's every like, meaningful, Go ahead. I was going to say, every every meaningful movie that Fox is doing is was done on his 10. I mean, everything yeah. they do. I mean, they're fucking it up, obviously, but uh, it's <laughs> they started with him. It's all his. And you know, I mean, it's sad. I just think that, yeah. I mean, for all the, I mean, for the, for you know, the quality of what they created after they left. I'm talking about the image creators. The quality Mm -hmm. of what they created after they left is debatable, and they had their own issues, and they eventually became sort of the exact copy of what they were fleeing. But they were absolutely right. I mean, like the creators that did all this work were, you know, supremely marginalized by a few names and the fact that like Stan Lee who you know is is the father of all this stuff in some way but like you know his you know the creation of these things that he did and, and building the industry yeah he obviously nobody would have done anything if it wasn't for him but the meat of it you know the meat that got put on the bones that the skeleton that of that Stan Lee built I mean Chris Claremont's a giant and to think that you know 30 50 people are there to see him that, that's it that's amazing to me yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was shocking. Yeah, yeah, I was shocked. It was amazing. Yeah, I was shocked. Like I said, I mean, we went to the Fomke, Fomka. We've been saying the name mm-hmm. Fomka for a long time, sir. Well, Fomka Jansen thing. She had the big room, and that place was there was three hundred people in there. And I'm just like, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I like Fomka Jansen too, but right. You portrayed the character of the Chris of the stories that yeah, the, exactly. the Chris Claremont yeah. wrote. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. that was not lost like, on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He created that character, you know. That yeah, yeah. it was interesting. It was interesting, but again, part getting back to the book or whatever, it's you know, he's setting up all of this story here as we're going through with lots of thought boxes and plot boxes as we as he's been known to do. And when we get back to to Westchester at the mansion, there's all kinds of people injured, not just physically but psychologically. So uh, Nightcrawler is physically injured like he is like like pr- pretty much out of it at this point in time there's nothing that he can do he got his powers back but he hurt himself working too hard he's out of it 
Kitty is in permanent phase mode, and for some reason they put her in a bubble. Like I was like, I yeah, I don't know what that does. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's that, like scientific. She didn't get attacked by Mumble a wombo. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just like she's in this stasis field or whatever. Uh, we're gonna get to Colossus in a second. Um, well, I guess we gotta do Colossus first. Okay, so Colossus is is at this point he's awake and up. But man, I ain't crying. This is adrenaline because he had <laughs> such a, a rough battle, and he's still like up and walking around. But once his body, once the adrenaline kind of wears off a bit, um, he passes out, like literally, not figuratively, and passes out to the ground. And we'll, we'll skip a little bit ahead here. So Maggie, you know, and, and in a total Scooby Doo moment, falls on Psylocke <laughs> and breaks her ribs. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 not the quote Age of Ultron, but um, you didn't see that coming. Um, uh, you do have some powers you didn't see that his brain was like a little messed up or whatever i mean she actually i think she said something in there it's like oh his thoughts his thoughts are scattered yeah yeah he's looking to fall on someone yeah yeah oh wait i'm standing here maybe i shouldn't stand under this tree oh yeah so yes if he falls on her she gets messed up and then we'll jump ahead because i want to deal with the storm thing so colossus has to have um, emergency um, magnetic uh, bacchiotomy surgery by Magneto. <laughs> where I mean, it's a, actually I'm I'm being a nerd. It's a really kind of a cool scene where he uses his magnetic yeah. power to actually heal him um, very yeah, carefully. Tough. You know, intricately. <laughs> they explain like how his injuries happen to his body when he's in his armored form. Like, it's actually a really cool scene. It's just kind of funny that, like, how they did it. But, yeah, it's actually a pretty cool scene. And, you know, it also adheres Magneto to the team as the leader because he actually heals Colossus. Like, I mean, it it works on a couple of different levels. Do you remember reading that, Brother Beavis, and, like, oh, thinking it was crazy or just now mm, thinking it was crazy? No, I just, right now I'm just thinking about the Tin Man getting some oil. That's all I'm thinking yeah. about. <laughs> pretty much it so that's all going on storm is surveying her team you know her freaking her little mammy daughter can't phase and can't be solid her mm-hmm. other colored friend is like all messed up because he got hit by some chinese stars did um, you happen to ask uh did you happen to ask chris claremont if if nightcrawler was intended to actually be black I mean, no, I didn't. I didn't. I had all these questions. I was gonna. He freaking swerved me twice on doing an interview, and I think his underling, his son, uh, yeah. kind of did that. But also, yeah, he was like, I don't think I would have had enough memory on my phone or whatever to take a whole interview. Like, the thing taken... is it made out of orange rock too? Yeah, it's just, no, it would. <laughs> it, seriously, dude, it would have been. I mean, he goes on and on. I don't know if you watched the video where he does explain. I put it on the Facebook page where he does explain his freaking uh, movie idea to get Phoenix into the movie. It's it's all over yeah. the place. Um, uh, it's all over the place. But yeah, so the storm surveys the team. She sees everybody's all messed up, uh, and she just can't take it anymore either. So she st- storms out, pun intended, and runs out of the, out of the house. And then the eventually. Yeah, it's, it's, eventually, it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, because she goes out and she's crying and she's upset and she goes to like a top of, a, I'm going to say a mountain, I guess, 
and she jumps off the mountain. It's like, are you trying to kill yourself? Like, how's this clearing your head? Like, it's just weird. And it leads up to this scene with her and Callisto where Callisto essentially has to um, smack this bitch back into shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's basically. basically what it is. I mean, in a very you know, long-winded way. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, in a very, very Chris Claremont-y way. Um, oh, so God. we'll do that first. So long. Yeah. Yeah, we'll come back to the, We'll do that one first, and we'll come back to the Wolverine the Sabretooth thing. But, yeah, so, I mean, it's a weird scene. I mean, and it's multiple panels. And I mean multiple panels. And, like, Way when she gets out there, she, she takes off her clothes, like, her clothes, or at least the vest. Yeah. She's running through the woods, like, freaking uh, the Underground Railroad mm. or something. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I don't even understand, like, the whole scene, like, at all, where it leads to them having this long conversation where she smacks her across the face. Like, snap mm-hmm. out of it, essentially. Like, girl. Bitch, wake like, up! Bam! Yeah, yeah no. Mm-hmm. And then, like, instead of, like, fighting back or whatever, Storm is just, like, goes completely, like, meek and is, like, just taking it. Like, the verbal abuse, the physical abuse. And I was like, is this not consistent with... Not not consistent, but it just... It's, it's, not, it's inconsistent with, like, the character that they built up over the time, especially since she lost her powers. Because she hasn't yeah. been racked with that insecurity since she lost her yes. power. She's actually gained confidence from not having it. And this, mm-hmm. like, completely, like, threw her off. Like, mm-hmm. I, it didn't really make a lot of sense. What did you think about that one, Sandman? Well, I'll give her a little break of seeing, like, almost basically the entire team incapacitated near death or at the time of what they, what they know maybe will die. So I'll cut her a little bit of a break, but... Yeah, what you said also makes sense, though, too, because it didn't seem to uh, take very uh, much to um, knock her off her moral center and you know, being a whiny little bitch. <laughs> yeah, send her over the edge. Yeah, well, yeah. I think they're, trying to, they're really trying to hammer home the magnitude of this event. And even though it is yeah. Morlocks, but exactly. there's a bunch that's, of dead that's Morlocks. Right. Yeah, and there's three, you know, there's three X-Men down right now. And, yeah. and really... Cornerstone X-Men, yeah. And and really, they you know that becomes significant because you know you know Kitty and, and Nightcrawler leave the team as a result of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's true. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have to briefly talk about Excalibur. Briefly, that's um, all, Sandman. <laughs> I do want to. I do want to add something here. So, uh, right right after Colossus falls on Psylocke we get mm. a picture of this guy with no shirt and some sort of machine gun and a big yeah, Zelda Yeah, the American fella here. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but, but do you realize that, so that's Tom Corsi, and he has a counterpart, Sharon Friedlander, who were regular-ass people who got possessed by the demon bear and the new mutants. They were regular-ass mm. white people. And then yeah. as a result of their possession, they became Native Americans. And after they were after after their possession was rescinded, they were still Native Americans. And they stayed Native Americans and they periodically showed Are you kidding story. me? Oh, so oh they got God. like whatever version of washed that is. Like we wanted to put some Native Americans, but they're really white. So yeah. uh, that's Tom Corsi. Just yeah. know that that's Tom Corsi. Yeah, nice. That is incredible. <laughs> Tom Corsi. All the white privilege, but none of that pesky color. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, wow. Yeah, that I didn't know. All the more reason yeah. that uh, the Demon Bear story should stay exactly where it is in that freaking comic book and not you on have a so, large 100-foot screen. 
I've been yeah. trying to read New Mutants because just because I feel like we're at a point in the in the X Men continuity where a lot of the story happens outside the book. It happens in the yeah. companion books and things like that. New Mutants is impossible to read. If you can imagine <laughs> that a book that has more dialogue than these books, if you yeah. can imagine like yeah. usually twice the dialogue, with every single character has like the fatal flaw. Like they're all half powered. Like Sunspot's strong, but he has no defense. Cannonball right. can crush people, but he can't steer. Mm. Ileana <laughs> can teleport, and she's a magician, but only on limbo. But she has a sword that's only good uh-huh. against magic. But if she uses magic. it, she becomes a demon. It's like in Mirage, <laughs> can make yes. pictures appear, and it's just—they're all just and and you know, Wolfsbane is a werewolf, but she hates herself, so but she, she never it, doing so anything. she never does it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like every single character is just like tragically flawed and so all it is is dialogue and the wow. stories are just they go on and they're like a lot of like five part stories yeah. uh so basically yeah. i just try and look at it and get the gist of it and go Meh. but yes but yeah. <laughs> okay. but i tried to read the demon bear because i'm like oh this is a story i'm supposed to hear this was even like before they uh before they announced the movie and i knew it was a thing and it, but i kind of knew the gist of it but i try to read it it's just it's awful. And it always comes yeah, down to yeah. Ileana, uh, because comics save us. And she does, but they hate yeah. her for it because she's half demon. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good. Yeah. yeah. And you taking my team looking at those books. Oh, cause like, I, mm-hmm. I tried when it came out and I was like, mm, I don't think I like this. I think my hate for teenage teen books was early. Um, I'm like, are, are all these double sized? Because I feel like yeah. I've been reading this for quite some yeah, time. Yeah, it seems a minute too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to take the read them. Um, I mean, again, that was also written by Chris Claremont, and he has words to get out, sir. And you know, and I made this joke, or we made this joke on the previous podcast before MegaCon. And I think Brother Lee was like, "Yeah, ask him about Sovereign Seven. Yeah, your own thing. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> it was bad. But if one of the reasons that it was bad was one because the characters were all super flawed. Um, mm. And two, there was so much freaking dialogue. I mean, you got your freaking dollar ninety five or whatever it was out of it. But and they were all just and, and they were all burdensome. lightweight copies of X Men. Yeah, exactly. It was so burdensome. Uh, oh, yeah. If I had asked him that, they would have removed me from the con. By the way, I'm pretty certain of that. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so yeah, Storm is has to get smacked back into reality. And what part I forgot about Colossus, uh, Magneto heals him, but he's paralyzed now. Like, I mean, yeah, he can't <laughs> move. Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to come back to the house. Everything's cool. Yeah, come back. Everything's fine. Was, wait, what happened while I was gone? Damn. <laughs> so um, <laughs> why did you bring me back here? Let me jump off the mountain. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. And then finally, and again, we skipped around a bit, but it gets back to the major part of this issue is the fight between Sabretooth and Wolverine. Uh, Sabretooth gets to jump on him again. Remember, Wolverine can't. Um, he's his senses aren't as up to par as they should be. And then when when Sabretooth catches, when he sees Sabretooth finally, when we get a chance to see him, he's got the the Morlock healer like kind of in a, in a choke slam hold. And Wolverine knows that they could use the healer right now, and so they engage in this. You know, it's a very brief battle. It is less than Storm getting smacked back into to reality. Um, mm-hmm. where they have this little battle, you know, what did you think of the battle reading it now, uh, Brother Beavis from 20 <laughs> years ago? It's almost, it's ironically, it's a lot like their battles in the cartoon where they basically yeah. spend all their time like, 
running towards each other, <laughs> grappling, and then kicking one of the other off, and and yeah. and doing a lot of insults. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's epic. Is what I'm trying to say. It's an epic. Yeah, battle. it's epic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's anticlimactic, especially compared to and then, copper. And then he buries him. I'll bury you in this rubble, and then walk 40 miles. I hope you don't then catch up for 40 miles while I'm carrying the healer. The carrying the healer for 40 miles. Now maybe yeah. because they got buried in the tunnel, he couldn't contact Betsy Braddock to send Ilyana to get up, send me a teleporting bubble, something, man. I don't know. Whatever it was, it didn't work. He got to walk them 40 miles to get him there. Um, you know, what did you think of the battle, uh, uh, Sandman? Oh, nothing, because I, I was cheated. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, what the thing do I fucking thing to each other, really? No. I mean, Sabretooth basically scratches him on the back. They exchange words. They kind of run at each other, like you said. They tackle. Then Wolverine's like, oh, bring down the house. Yeah. <laughs> Gets the healer and runs, runs 40 miles back to the house. Yeah, and there's more talking. There's more talking than fighting. You know, yeah, there's I mean, literally and, very little fight. But they also do drop some gems in there, too, that become, again, stories that are going to be told 20 years or 15 years later from here, you know, about their relationship mm-hmm. with one another. I mean, they do yeah. that. And, and, you know, I mean, in a sense, that's like, it's really cool because you know that's going to come up later as I'm reading, that, like, some of the dialogue or whatever. But I'm like, oh, okay. But the cover thinks that you're going to have this, oh, this major battle between Wolverine and Sabretooth or whatever. And it's like, meh. Okay. Yeah. You know, covers it's really kind of anti. It's it's very anticlimactic. Um, mm-hmm. And then that was pretty much it. You know, they have their battle. They get back to the mansion. Um, uh, there's one thing the, here where the the tunnels get swept by an energy wave. That's from a, yeah. That's that's Thor. Yep. So once, once X Factor clears out, they're like, "Well, it's just a giant tomb now," and so Thor basically incinerates all the dead bodies. Yeah, I did not. I did not remember that because that was my that, that was actually my introduction into the Mutant Massacre. I read I was reading Thor, and um, Thor basically kills one of their members, the uh, Blockbuster, who's yeah. not in this and the main group of uh, Marauders, neither is Sabretooth. So I guess mm. I don't know where the hell they were at the time. But he actually kills him, which was very um, entertaining, <laughs> as a matter of fact. But, yeah, but that's what happened. All right. Yeah, so that ends that version of the Mutant Massacre. Now, I was looking ahead because I was like, I don't know how many issues to include in this. You know, because it does continue a little bit into the next issue, but it's primarily mm-hmm. like a, a, a Psylocke story. And mm-hmm. there's a little bit of like a battle between Wolverine and, and Sabretooth again. But... In, in terms of the practical purposes of the Mutant Massacre, it was really kind of over. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's really getting into recovery mode. And then after that, like you said, um, people are going to be leaving the team and they're starting to bring in other people. There's going to be another freaking uh, Dazzler story is going to get back mm-hmm. here too. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's starting to get a, a different group of X-Men. I think Havoc's kind of about to come back to the team. Yeah. Um, this is the real break from the from the giant size X-Men group which had, yeah. you know, slightly evolved. And this is the real break. And this is where you start to right. get into more of like a, a dynamic membership, uh, more mm-hmm. like not as bad as, but more like the Avengers than it had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, classic story. Absolutely. How are you feeling, you know, on the reread 25 years later? Brother well, I think the, it's, it's, hold up. It's, it's very, it's very disjoint for being like an event. Of, of significance, it's very disjoint because there's so many stories going on. Um, I think it's hard 
to read. I, it's hard to read the same gravity as it had maybe that maybe back when it was released because you know right. it's so commonplace to kill characters now. But I mean, this this was a big deal, um, and this had a significant change on the X Men universe. So reading it, I don't get that, but knowing what you know, knowing more about it and what comes later, it that's that's the significance. But reading it now, it's like yeah, okay, whatever. Right. Sandman, the 20-plus year reread. Yeah. Um, initially, the, the shock of, of uh, just like Beavis said, seeing characters die and seeing the Marauders literally just kill. Uh, I mean, yeah, nameless Morlocks, but they were still killing people. You didn't see that every day back then in the comics. And um, uh, reading it now, obviously, it doesn't have the same quite the same impact, obviously, because uh, of uh, the reasons we just said. But... Um, it's still a good. It's still a classic book, like you said. Um, it's a lot of, a lot of major um, things went down in this book. They lost literally three X Men, pretty much in this book. Like uh, again, like Diva said, the roster changes after this. I think Cyborg comes and um, yeah. and and question like this thing with the Marauders. They don't actually settle this into what was it Inferno? I think um, it's Inferno. They, yeah, and mm-hmm. then they had like the Fall of the Mutants after this. Yeah, so there's a and then, there's at least yeah. one crossover, but yeah, they come back in Inferno, and that's I'm gonna have to read Inferno again to figure out what it was actually about. Oof, but, that's a crazy uh, ass crossover. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Big Hush claims yeah. the Reaver or the Marauders are terrible. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I mm-hmm. won't say that their design is not terrible, but and I think the flaw is that they, none of them really have a backstory. But I mean, they're all powerful yeah. and they cut loose. They're definitely a they're definitely a uh, an important antagonist. Of the uh, of the X Men, yeah, very much. So. I've always felt that, especially the way Fox hashtag Fox gonna Fox. I've always kind of mm-hmm. felt that this was a story that they could tell on film, you know. Um, oh, where oh you well, they told have, it, they told it off camera. They told it off camera already in Logan. In Logan, yeah, because Caliban mm-hmm. hunted down all the mutants for them to be killed, but it was by the Marauders instead of the Reavers. So right, right. They blew they blew that wad. Yeah, yeah they made <laughs> off camera. Yeah, Fox. Yeah, that's a whole other story too. But yeah, it, I, I thought that this was always one that they could, you know, if they wanted to go back to, and it it has a cool title that you could put, you know, X Men, you know, Seven, the Mutant Massacre, that would get, you know, older fan geeks and whatever, right? Excited. Well, the question be if, read if the book. Gambit ever comes to fruition. This yeah, if that and, and, and Gambit story. Yeah. And, yeah. and well, and then we'll really quick side topic here as we get into our timing thing or whatever. Uh, one of the top, one of the articles that I never had time to finish writing or whatever is, you know, the Gambit movie, blah, blah, blah. We've run it down into the ground, which it should be, and it should never happen. But two, people love Gambit because of the cartoon, because mm-hmm. he has literally exactly. no significant stories in the comic book besides this, the mutant well, the massacre, massacre. associated That's with, it, yeah. and the traitor story, which really wasn't him and wound up being, you know, Xavier Onslaught. That's it. I mean, there's nothing else where you're like, you know, this is a, a quintessential Gambit story that could be told. Because, again, if you go in there with, mutant, you know, assassins kill thieves, thieves kill assassins, like, I'm walking out the fucking door. I'm mm-hmm. done. Like, I'm not paying money to go and see that. And there is, I mean, can you think of a, a significant Gambit story besides those two? There's one panel that, that I go back to, and but it's a panel, not a story, when he defeats Gladiator by blasting with a whole deck of cards in a, in a latter-day brood story 
he defeats a mind-controlled Wolverine and defeats Gladiator in like the span of one to two books. Right. Uh, beyond that, no. No. Yeah, I mean, that's it. You know, and, and, and the other thing, it. too, is he's he's so coupled with Rogue, and Rogue in the movies is slightly different from what she is in the book. So it's possible, yeah. but, you know, they've made her they've made her young, so it would be creepy. Um, yeah. So I don't know how they, I don't know how they do it. Well, and I thought, too, that, and that was the other story, like, I, maybe he has the three stories, the thing, but this one's tied with that one, with the, you know, where Sabretooth is in the mansion, and he has that story about Gambit, you know, uh, mm-hmm seducing that girl or whatever and then he had to kill her you know he had to make a choice between that and the girl you know like i think there's a story there's a story there that you know it could be made into something you know you use saber tooth as the as the protagonist or the antagonist or whatever i don't know but why you, like, people why love you use saber tooth though when you can just use a clone of wolverine i mean yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah and then if that's what i'm saying it, it's just not a good it's, there's no reason for a Gambit movie to happen. That's basically the the end of that. And we've been doing that freaking wrapping the bow on that present for two years mm-hmm. since we started Brothers Comic. So okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it. That wraps up uh, Thursday Night Comic Book Chat for Brothers Comics. Um, we talked about it so much uh, throughout this podcast. Yes, we just finished uh, conning at MegaCon, Sandman and I. Uh, it was a really good time. It was super crowded. Mm-hmm. Uh, got lots of pictures and whatnot that you can see on the website at brotherscomics.com. Interviews, uh, YouTube videos, like all that stuff is out there, so you can check that out. Um, I, I, I texted you, Brother Beavis, that uh, the two ladies that I was hoping to get pictures with were not taking pictures with uh, Jen Population. So mm-hmm. that didn't happen, and I was oh, okay and you it. and you also got fucking uh, Princess. What's what's her name? The from the oh man from Aladdin. You got Princess Jasmine. Oh, Jasmine. oh yeah, I got yeah yeah I got Heisman. Yes, by uh uh Chris Claremont for that uh, where he pushed us off. Um, and yeah, it was it wasn't a good look. Um, we got in line to see Princess Jasmine at Disney World, and somehow yeah. mysteriously, right when it was our turn, her ship was over. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. On, on, on Famke Jansen. Yeah, it, okay, yeah, hold on. Let oh, yeah. The time. Hold on, let me look at the time. Okay, yeah, we got time to tell the story. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> we're trying to have to go over a certain point. Okay, so uh, and then I was going to save this for the bros' conversation, but we got you guys on the phone and Sandman was there. Um, yeah. There was two nerds <laughs> in two yes. panels that we attended. The one was oh. for Chris Claremont. And then the mm-hmm. other one was Pomka Jansen. At the, I'm in line to ask my question of Chris Claremont, and the dude that was in front of me, uh, oh he had when he got up there, and you know, again, Claremont's long-winded on answers. There wasn't, again, there wasn't that many people in the room, so it, you know, it wasn't that long to go and ask a question, as opposed to Pomka Jansen. And I'm like, all right. So the dude that's in front of me, he's like, uh, yeah, I have. Five questions. Literally <laughs> sounded in like that, that voice my jaw too, man. Dropped. And I turned back to look at Sam, man. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I shook my head. I was like, "I just don't. I, I can't. Do it. I can't. Do it. I can't." It was it was unbelievable. It was awful. The moderator dude was like, "Yeah, well, you know, let's try to keep it the one and." And then I don't yeah. remember what question that he had. It was he had like five very, questions that he wanted to ask. It was something, something very nerdy, <laughs> but it was in the voice of the comic book person that you think of every single time, man. And I, I know, uh, like some yeah. cross between Ralph Wiggum and the comic book guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, it literally so, sounded like that. It was so weird, man. I was it was like, a oh cartoon. He was a cartoon yeah. come to life. He literally three hundred fifty pounds worth. Yeah, I mean, yeah. McDonald's eating. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, just, it was just a it bad, bad. It was a bad look. Um, it was a very bad look. That happened. So then we go to the Fomka Jansen thing after, and they have and she's got the big room. I mean, again, there was there was at least three hundred people in there. Probably more. Mm-hmm. And so they got the thing where you got two groups of pan, like two microphone stands, you two know, people are in different columns. So if yeah. I hadn't been slow, I would have got my question in. But again, I get ganked. So uh, waiting, waiting, waiting. She's answering questions. The moderator's, you know, doing this thing or whatever. And then we get to the next to last person. They're like, oh, we got a couple more questions or whatever. So they throw it to this guy. And he was probably special needs. So I'm making fun of yeah, him, but I'm mad be. about it. But yeah, there, he was. You were special. And he was like, uh, yeah, um, I, um, um, and, um, and then everybody yeah, like, was looking at him like, uh, can we come back to you with your question? Uh, yeah. Okay. So they throw it to the dude that's in front of me and he asks a question she answers or whatever. Then they throw it back to special needs dude. And he's like, yeah, um, yeah, I have two questions. I was like, oh, bro, oh. Like, if you asked me whatever, just went, oh, not going to work God. for me. And so he asked, and it took him a minute to get through them. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, it was bad. And so, yeah. all right, and I'm, like, standing there at the mic. Like, all right, well, that's it. All right, thanks for coming. <laughs> Good night. Like, it was cold. <laughs> it was so cold. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the special, it was the special needs guy used up all the goodwill. He got it. He used up all yeah, the, he, the energy yeah, yeah, there. Because the dude yeah, turned really. and looked at me. The, the moderator dude turned and looked at me. I was like, come on, man, just one question. One more question. And he was like, all right, yeah. good night, everybody. Funky <laughs> uh, dancing. Everybody had like, <laughs> And it was my fault. I should have gotten up there a lot quicker. I, was, I wasn't going to go. And I, I, you know, whatever. It's my fault. It's not the special needs dude's fault. Anyway. All right. So, yeah, that's it. So, that wraps up the Thursday Night Council <laughs> chat. If we put ourselves, we put special needs people, uh, the Jews, um, I don't know. Whoever else we put on this list of people that we offend in this podcast, <laughs> add it to the list. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Captain America and Winter Soldier. I'm going to put it on the list. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just a bad list. All right. So, yeah. So, um, our next group of stories, I don't know. I'll have to go through it to see where we're going to stop off at. I get a feeling that we're going to probably make a pretty good leap in, in numbers of books again until uh, we get to a, a, a classic story. Um, so, yeah. So, that's that. Uh, upcoming events, we got um, really nothing. Uh, there's a a con in um, uh, Fort Lauderdale at the end of July. It might be there. Um, but beyond that, that's pretty much it. We're out of the conning business for a while. So uh, we'll be easing into the summer months here. Um, but again, you can check out all the videos and all that stuff at brotherscomics.com. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-S, comics.com. And then also we will have, we're going to be doing this podcast when it starts for Game of Thrones, when season seven starts, I believe it's seven, and uh, which starts, I think, in July. And But leading up to that, we're going to do like a recap podcast because if you listen to any of our other podcasts, you know that I, the producer, uh, just started watching Game of Thrones, and I'm kind of in the middle of season five right now. So we're going to kind of recap as we lead up to the premiere of um, season seven. So um, still not over the Red Wedding that's basically all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, it took me a while too. That's 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 a. That's I'm not. I'm it not was not over cool. it. It was not. Nope. Cool. Not cool. And I know when I read bad. when I read the book 
mm-hmm. which you know, I know that's the foreign concept, but yeah. I read the book, I read it, and I was like, wait a minute. I'd like flip back and read it again. Like that didn't just that. I know I just read that. That that didn't really just happen, right? They didn't just kill all the important people <laughs> in this book. Because right? <laughs> <laughs> books don't do that. Books don't be killing the most important person in these things. They don't do that. Yeah, they did. I thought the, I thought the series was going to end after that. I mean, it was that bad. <laughs> it was it was oh, it was so bad. Yeah. Did y'all yeah. just stab a, la- a pregnant lady in the stomach? Was oh, really? so bad. Seriously, oh, oh. did y'all just do that? I need to see that. Did y'all just cut the dude's head off and parade him with his banner man out there? On, for real? Yeah, mm. that's not good. So, yeah, but yeah, so that's that, and that wraps up this. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Um, share, rate, review, all of that. Um, yeah, we got some accolades or whatever from I sent y'all that text or whatever. You know, so people do mm. listen to this. Thank y'all for listening and all of those types of things um we do appreciate it uh share it with your friends that's basically all i can say uh the more you share it and rate it the more uh people will come towards us and we can get some advertisers for this podcast um i think that's about it uh, so i am going to wrap this up as producer of this podcast i'm signing off uh brother beavis go ahead and sign off i'll uh, catch you guys next time all right we'll see you next time and sandman go ahead and sign off sign off we'll see you next time All right, y'all. Take it easy. Peace. Peace.